So, Rach. Yeah? What flavour exactly is a ruby ice cream? Huh? It's called ruby ice creamdom, isn't it? Like, land of ruby ice cream? No, it's ruby ice queendom. Oh. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime and animation. And I, Ruth, stay permanently mystified. I'm not sure what we're going to call this one, because back in the day, if you wanted to start a flame war on an anime website, it was by asking, is Ruby an anime? Because that really was a hot topic and, hmm, quite controversial well hang on is anime a japanese cartoon and ruby is canadian ergo not an anime however it is heavily inspired by anime see you took that right out of my mouth i did not need to say a thing there so very well done you've obviously been listening to more of my rants than i thought you had you see isn't it amazing what i come up with when i'm slightly half cut But (laughs) today we are talking about an anime take on Ruby because basically what happened was back when Monty, the creator of Ruby, was still alive, um, Ruby had become quite popular in Japan and he was in talks about having it made into an anime but then he died not long afterwards. Those were presumably shelved. Um, They carried on making the main series, it going from strength to strength until finally in 2022, I believe, this Ruby Ice Queendom came out. Well, that wasn't the only thing that came out in Ruby, was it? <laughs> well, quite. And no, unfortunately, it is not about um, Vice's sister Winter becoming a dominatrix, although that is something I would dearly have loved to have seen and indeed think I c- this could have made it better. You perv. <laughs> so I showed you the opening titles. What did you think? Well, first of all, you were talking over it. I was explaining (laughs) what you were seeing. What I was seeing. Yeah, looked fun. I mean, I don't really get much of the plot from looking at those titles. It's not like one of those things like Ulysses 31 where it explains the plot in five seconds. It just looked more like this is what's in it. And I was like, well, I, I couldn't get the plot just from looking at the opening titles. However, you then proceeded to show me some good scenes. The 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 scene where there's a dust shop hold up and that was badass. Yes, that was Ruby fighting um Roman Torchwick with Crescent Rose, her scythe, and kicking ass, and that's how she gets invited into Beacon Academy, even though she's two years too young and obviously fucks up her sister's social life because Yang's finally thinking, yay, I get to start school and not have to look after my little sister. But alas, because she's precocious, she gets bumped up a couple of years. Awkward. Yeah, I mean, you know, that kind of happens in the public school system. Sorry, the private school system. Yeah. Yeah. It's private school here and... No, it's public school here. Meaning school you pay for, Uh, private school in America. We call it state school, what um, 
normal, not normal, oh, God, that sounds really snobbish. Well, everyday Hello, school. normies. You go to a state school. No. That's American public school. I don't think it's going to help if I say that both of us went to private schools. Well, <laughs> that was the only way you could learn to be a gay in private. Well, it didn't really work out for me. Anyway. Um, That's because you went to a Catholic school. Yeah, That's well, different. massive tangent aside. So, I'll give you a massive tangent. Right, so this illustrates what was immediately the problem with Ruby Ice Queendom. And I really don't like that. So can we call it Ruby IQ from now on? No, why can't we call it Ruby Ice Queendom? Because it's so clunky. It does not trip off the title. I can say it, even though I will call it Ice Creamdom. (laughs) Right. Because to start with, everybody's like, oh, it's a Ruby anime. Because they'd already been told this isn't part of the original series. This is kind of like... You know how you used to get kind of all these side adventures and things happening in Star Wars? Like, this is what Darth Vader was doing in Empire Strikes Back while everybody else was doing something else. So it's, it's well, kind it's of, like, of like, that. like a fanfic. It's happening at the same time. Well, we'll get onto that later. Although I wouldn't even say fanfic because that seems slightly too generous to me. So it opens by introducing us to each of the characters. And I'm going to admit that I was a bad fan because there are all these trailers and um, lore info dumps um, for Ruby for the first season. And I didn't watch any of them. I couldn't be bothered. I just thought, I don't care about the wider universe. I just want to watch the main plot. Well, the thing is... I don't feel, as a viewer, that I know what's going on until I've seen everybody's origin stories. Well, I guess you must be better at this sort of thing than I am. So all Well, of... I grew up with superheroes, that's why. So this part was genuinely new to me. I did not... not literally. I did not know what had previously happened with Ruby, Yang, Vice and Blake. I mean, in the case of Ruby and Yang, they're obviously... Um, sisters. They've been raised by their dad because Ruby's mother is dead while Yang's mother ran off to be a lesbian bandit and never came back. Well, hey, I want to see a show about her. (laughs) Anyway, so... Yang has spent her entire life looking after her little sister. And um, she, like I mentioned before, she presumably thought, oh, I can go to school and start my new life, only to find, of course, Ruby's going to be coming along. But her dad does tell her, look, you've, you've got to look after her. But on the other hand, let her be her own person and you be your own person too. So fine. Which is actually good advice. Yeah, that's good daddying on his part. Meanwhile, um, we have Vice. Is he a daddy? See, I'm convinced. I'm convinced everybody on his team, which originally consisted of him, um, their uncle Crow, um, Ray. Is he a fun uncle or is he a pervy uncle? He is a fun drunk uncle. A fun uncle. Um, okay. Raven, so Yang's mum, and um, Summer Rose. Ruby's mum. I am convinced that other than obviously the twins, so Raven and um, Crow, I'm convinced everybody in that team, they were all banging each other. Because seriously, it does just look like a massive quadruple or whatever you would call it. And you mean like ABBA? (laughs) Yes. Well, not that they were, but, you know, everybody Yeah, be careful. We're going to get slapped with a libel suit if we go around saying that ABBA were all banging. Anyway, so back to Vice. So Vice is the daughter of Jacques Schnee, who is a... Which means snow. (laughs) Schnee. Who is in charge of the um, Schnee Dust Company, which is is basically the corporation that runs everything and previously was responsible for enslaving Faunus. We'll go more into that Wait, later. is he in the, like the Cyril Sneer of this? 
Yeah, although he's not anywhere near as fun or engaging as Cyril Sneer. He is actually just quite pathetic and unlikable. So she really wants to be a huntress, which is what they're all training to be at school. It's basically being a superhero that goes around killing monsters for a living. And he thinks this is totally gross and vulgar and not what he wants his heiress to be doing. Is he part of the Monsters Protection League? (laughs) No, he's not. He just doesn't... Monsterpiece. He just doesn't want anybody affiliated with him to do anything is to his mind common as fighting monsters but he has agreed oh he's so cheap slaying monsters he, why couldn't you gone, have gone into stockbroking instead he grudgingly concedes that if she manages to win this impossible test so her fighting with this big ass monstery robot thing if she manages to pass that then he will let her go into school and she does and this is where she gets her famous scar down one eye who's this and Weiss and her hot sister Winter is sitting there going, oh, well done, sis, or as much as they can. Because obviously they all, everybody in this family has a very weird and distant relationship. So she goes off into school. And finally, last but not least, we have Blake, who is, as you know, my favourite character, despite being in the rather iffy case of being basically a princess who ran off to be a terrorist. So, <laughs> Right, why is she your favourite character? Because she's the most interesting, she's the most sapphic, and she has issues, and she just has the best backstory. She's got cat ears. <laughs> and she's got cat ears. So You like it for the cat ears. So she just say that. She and her ex-boyfriend, um, Adam, or rather he's not her ex at this point, they are um, attacking a train owned by the Schnee Company. She believes it's just going to be a case of them causing havoc and beating up robots. But then he turns around and is like, oh, let's kill some humans. And she's like... You know what? That's a red flag. No, Frankly, I don't know, want to do that. That would be the end of the relationship if you just suddenly turned to me after we'd been killing monsters <laughs> and gone, you know what, Ruth, let's just kill some humans. I mean, I get he hates humans from when he worked for the dust, the Shanee Dust Company and he got into a fight with his manager and his manager branded him across the face. I get that he hates them because of that, but you can't what? murder all humans for that. I mean, we've all had a bad manager at one point in our lives. So this is what happens before the main action of Ruby starts. So we all end up with them going to school and some very heavy foreshadowing. So you see all of the different characters as they're on their way to Beacon. And there's also a little montage, going to school montage. They do not sadly have Jean throwing up, which is the first time they ever see him. And I think they end up calling him Vomit Boy or Puke Boy or something. Do they end up like having, you know, at the start of this going to school montage, the whole posing outside the front door in your new uniform? No, although that would be really funny. So... This is my darling. She's joining year seven and she's going to kill monsters. (laughs) Well, why not? And um, so... And it has this very blatant something along the lines of some of these people will die and it hones in on Pira, who does die in season three, which really upset me because she's a hot redhead in armour. So, you know. You're also spoilers. <laughs> like, yeah. One of these people will die. Which one is and it? And this is the problem I have because it's doing a retread of season one of Ruby, but it's nowhere near as good because it takes out half the f- humour 
I mean, the voice acting's better because it's definitely, the, because it's the same voice artist, so you can see how they've improved and their performances are more nuanced. But they well, in the English version, anyway. so much out. Like, you get all of these um, character-establishing moments or just other crucial moments that are missed. Like, for instance, we don't find out in this version that Jean cheated his way into Beacon. He has no right to be there. He doesn't have skills, and therefore he, he should just get his ass completely Maybe. kicked. Maybe. The Japanese viewers don't care. But either way, there were just times when it just doesn't make any sense. Do we need... I mean, this this is the thing. It's like a cultural differences. Do you actually need backstories for everything? I do think in some cases, yes, because it explains it. And then finally, by episode three, it goes into the new plot. So the plot that is Ice Queendom. And there... It shows signs of being promising, but then it tanks. So, bear, Why does it tank? Bear What's... in your mind. So, the setup is that um, so Ruby, Vice, Blake, and Yang all end up on the same team together. <laughs> now, don't mean that euphemistically, although I'm pretty sure that all of them are on the same team, as I will clarify later. So, as part of the induction process to get into Beacon, you have got to land. Um, in a woods that's got Grim running around in it. And What's Grim? So Grim are the monsters that they fight that are conjured up by Salem, the angry goddess of the world that basically destroys oh, everything. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sweetie. It's okay. Rachel is very passionate about this. <laughs> and when Rachel is passionate, spit follows. Uh. And um, so you have Ruby obviously being ecstatic that she's on the same team as her sister, so fair enough. But... This feels very Hogwarts. Yeah, Blake and Vice have already got off to a bad start because when they're on their way to Beacon... Um, Yang, this is the first time Yang and Blake ever speak. She goes over and is like, oh, let's make some friends and starts talking to an attractive lass who's reading a book, which is Blake. And Blake's all very much, hey, I'm reading, fuck off. And um, they finally... Wow. <laughs> I mean, frankly, you are the attractive girl who likes to read in this household. And I would be the person that goes up to talk to reading ladies and say hi yeah so you're definitely the yang well you're the yang in this situation anyway and um they managed to coast over this awkward moment by going oh well doesn't the Schnee dust company suck aren't they awful don't they treat furnaces like crap but guess who is just in within earshot vice who marches over starts going on about how much she is the heiress of the Schnee company how dare they libel them like this slander them like this oh dare you mess up my dad bitch yeah fauness yeah. are all inhuman scum that deserve to die and so forth blake is just sitting there going wow you are. so she is not happy to be on a team with vice understandably it sounds like a bit of a species yeah unbeknownst to um everybody at the moment blake well we've already said blake is a faunus but she's covering up her cat ears with a big bow so it just looks like she's got a really kind of tacky 1980s type bow stroke hairband thing on Aww, all the time cute because so oh and th this is another thing because vice really wanted to be on a team with no, Pira, who on. is like a celebrity and also Can she has say, a massive crush on her wait 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 sorry who fancied Pira? i get the impression that vice fancies Pira in this version anyway well, okay we can understand that however Hot chicken let's just talk this through okay let's unpack this cultural thing so in anime what do cat ears mean that's only in some 
things like loveless loveless um you only have catties if you're a virgin and you lose them if you lose your virginity mm -hmm. but this is not the case with blake in this it was just basically they wanted to have um a faunus who looked cute so they gave her cat ears she doesn't seem to have a cat tail not that i've ever noticed anyway well it's cat tail also virgin i have no idea but this is where it all gets really messy. i mean that puts a, a certain twist on certain snapchat because i have never liked the racism allegory in ruby i have always found it really heavy-handed and slightly embarrassing but it's just what you get in these fantasy scenarios Harsh. i mean you know anything that explains racism and creates empathy but it's n not the same as real world racism is it like saying i'm racist against robots or i'm racist against ogres is not the same as people being racist to each other especially since in I lots think it of pretty well is when they're saying somebody should die or somebody shouldn't exist and this is why i really don't like this because vice might Did you never watch captain planet and the planeteers <laughs> vice might be a snobby jerk in the original series and ignorant and yeah she does come off with some ill-advised remarks but as soon as she gets to know blake better then she revises her opinion and before long they are friends and she never speaks slightingly of fornesses again unfortunately well, that's what happens with real life isn't unfortunately it? this is not the tack that ice creamdom goes with oh. so ice creamdom the main thrust of the story here is that there is a type of grim called a nightmare that unlike most grims who are just kind of mindless monsters that you can slaughter they yeah. get they get into your head and that your friends have to rescue you through your psyche so this originally happens with jean oh interesting so they climb into his head and team juniper so that's um pira ren and nora they manage to get him out and he's sort of sitting there they're in his bunny pajamas looking pathetic and apparently because it does this is the one time it mentions him being less powerful than the other characters because he's so underpowered it doesn't do much damage to him but it happens to vice who is very powerful and unfortunately in vice's imagination dream psyche etc she has turned it into a fascist state where she has decreed all fornesses be wiped out. And the only people that can rescue her are the members of Team Ruby. She already has made it clear that she doesn't like Ruby because Ruby was made the team leader by Ospin. I mean, I don't know whether it was like, oh, let's make the youngest kid in the school the leader to, I don't know, character build or whatever. So Vice has already... It's career jealousy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Vice has already made it clear that she thinks she should have been the leader and that Ruby is like this jumped up little brat. So she's already angry at the thought of Ruby trying to retrieve her. But she, since, because she does discover obviously early on that Blake is a faunus and she is simultaneously obsessed and repelled by her, but also... And slightly turned yeah, on. Yeah, again... And at one point, she does actually say, because there are alternative versions of all of them, apart from Blake, in her psyche. And at one point, she does actually say that's because fauness are not allowed here at all. So basically, wow. they are expecting her, Ospin, Glinda and Shion, the new character who is... Uh, nightmare hunter and is just basically there to look pretty and carry on this storyline they don't really have anything else going for them so they, they, they are expecting blake to rescue this girl she hardly knows who has already made it clear that she thinks that she's subhuman trash and should not exist you know what that's just making me like like blake more and 
the one character who says exactly what I'm thinking throughout this, but then she is pretty much the one I identify most with anyway, is Yang. Because Yang just keeps saying, uh, remind me why we're doing this again. And because they're, they're, they're told by Xion, this is not the real, like, no, this is not the real Vice. She actually really wants to be friends with you all. And it's like, really? Because at one point you see that she's got some um, versions of Team Juniper all locked up. And she sees them as gibbering idiots. She sees Nora as being a big Imbo. Jean is looking like the Rice Krispie elf. She's put Ren in this really racist looking Chinese outfit. So God knows what she thinks of him. The only one of them that she actually seems to like is Pira, who she imagines as being incredibly beautiful and singing a two minute song to her for no apparent reason. <laughs> well, this is inside the head of a teenage girl. So what it's like, can you expect, right? It's like, yeah, welcome to the imagination of Vice, the raving lesbian fascist. Oh, and I mean, to be fair, that describes quite a... I mean, have you heard of Patricia Highsmith? Oh, God, don't remind me. And this is what I don't get, because it turns it into a state where she's obsessed with her dad. Like, there's this massive statue of him that controls everything. You've got doors that look like her butler. I um, thought you were about to say doors that look like her butler. I can't remember what she's got Winter doing, which is weird because Winter is really important to her because she's the one member of her family she's on okay terms with. Her brother is now a horrible little bat that flies around and spies on people. I mean, that <laughs> does sound like how people might see little brothers. Yeah, and he, Whitley. Is he Whitley? Yeah, he is a pain in know. the ass. And the thing that I found most glaring when she has no presence in the main story whatsoever is how she pitches her mother, Willow. Because Willow is obviously a Stepford wife that hates her life and hates her husband. So she spends most of her time hanging out around the house getting drunk. But in her imagination, she sees her as being like this kind of mad woman in the attic type figure that's always kind of going... <laughs> just drunkenly massive shadows everywhere it's like why is vice so bothered by her mother's drunkenness and neglectful behavior when she's never shown any sign of being because i just feel like it's this, her x factor i feel like this series has just it because ruby is terrifically portrayed as always by lindsay jones they get the writing of ruby's character exactly right she's endearing she's perky she is a child genius but not annoying you really like her she kicks ass and they've just done a total character assassination on vice which is so frustrating because she is possibly my second favorite character and they've just turned her into this awful racist just unbearable i don't see so they're saying that this happens alongside the main story but i don't see how team ruby would ever have gotten off the ground if she'd been like this because nobody would have wanted to rescue her because she on people does, grow she on does say to them um oh if you don't help her she's going to die so okay that's the incentive and i just stopped watching at this point because i just thought I really don't like what they're doing here. And it didn't help. I'd only recently watched um, Volume 9, which is set in Ever After, which is basically Alice in Wonderland. So uh, quite a similar premise, but just handled far better, written by people that actually understood the characters. I mean, I don't think it helps that season one is them in their most basic state, because back in the day, it was just a very generic school story. And this is the characters that they're least evolved and least interesting. 
<sighs> but they do love their school stories in anime, don't they? And I just feel like this could have just been like a movie or maybe a special because they dragged it out for 12 episodes. I mean, some people, they feel that Glee went off the boil when they all left school. Well, this is what I've always loved about Ruby. You do get some people that say, oh, they should have finished it at season three when Beacon got destroyed and all the mayhem happened. But no, I like that it's got them being grown-up heroes and going out to right wrongs and hopefully get rid of Salem. Because it's really weird in things like MHA where one episode they're fighting Satan and the next episode they're worried about a school concert. <laughs> it's like... That's consistent. It's like either you are a proper hero or you are a child. In their case, their school is completely raised to the ground. Everybody's murdered, including Ospin. So <laughs> there's no coming back from that. So I just... You thought enough already and pressed the off button. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks beautiful. I thought the animation was a great improvement because, of course, original Ruby was computer animated in the state that they had in those days, which wasn't all that great. The fight sequences, I thought, looked even better, although I missed the original music because when they were having their first fight in um, their induction, it just sounded very diddly, diddly, diddly D, like they were doing it to river dance or something. I didn't like that at all. The original music I was want to, far better. Listen, I wouldn't <laughs> mind leading a river dance martial arts induction. <laughs> but I just thought that, like, it reminded me, you know when you got those crappy straight-to-video um, Disney movies in the 90s, like the Enchanted Christmas... Jafar, get a mortgage. Yeah, mm. that kind of thing. And you just thought this has been done by the work experience kid. Because it's just like they gave them a description of the characters and were like, yeah, you make a story out of this. It just didn't feel like they knew anything about them other than the basics. Well, you get to meet the toilet in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> well, somebody must have been turned into the toilet, I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it, it was entertaining enough what I saw of it, but I don't think it would be earth-shattering if... And this, I didn't watch more of it. I am speaking as somebody that loves Ruby, that has watched nine seasons of the actual show. I've watched Ruby in Justice League Part 1, and I'm looking forward to Ruby in Justice League Part 2. Okay, let's see it this way, okay? So, lots of people are really fond of the BBC sitcom Ghosts. Yes. Now, CBS in America did their own version of Ghosts, which is now shown on BBC iPlayer. So it gets to be shown to the audience who watched the original. And you get people going, oh, it's nowhere near as good as the original. But there are people who value it in its own right. I actually prefer it to the original. I was about to say, from what I've heard of both of the shows from you watching them, I think the American one is better, although I do seem to prefer American, American comedy generally. So, yeah. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but I just feel like it was a misfire. So in terms of animation, great. In terms of the voice acting... It's an improvement, but it just does not have the spark and the essence it that makes it really the way the original does. Yeah, and it just has a fundamental misunderstanding of the characters that I just don't believe that they would ever have been able to get past. And I hate the way that it tries to both sides racism as if it's going, well, maybe Rice and Blake both have a point. And it's like, no, no, they don't. Blake is just trying to survive while Vice is telling her that she and her people have no right to exist. So, no. 
you can't do that. And I don't care how hot Vice looks in her weird sort of Nazi type uniform. <laughs> she she is still being atrocious. So yeah. maybe she gets redeemed. I'm sure she does. If but, you watched to the end. But I read ahead to find out what happened. And the bit that really stuck stood out to me was apparently Ospin interrogates Blake once he finds out that she was formerly a member of the White Fang. And it's just like, well, hang on. I mean, okay. He, I can understand him being unhappy at there being former terrorists in his school. But isn't he also showing racism despite explaining to her, oh, we're, we're open-minded here. I mean, we even appointed a fornis as a headmaster in the school down the road. Aren't we great? So it's like... Some of our best friends are fornices. I know. Well, and that one turned out to be a traitor, but let's not go into that. But either way, it's, I, I just feel like they... Because they don't really, in anime, they don't really have that many stories about racism. So I think they thought, oh, let's tackle this. Wouldn't it be a nice, juicy subject? But they missed anything. Do you, when was this made? I don't know when it was actually made, but it came out in 2022. Okay. So you know in Japan, they're having um, issues where they've got an ageing population. And to deal with that ageing population... They need to encourage immigration. As a result, they're getting immigrants from Africa and South Asia. So basically, black people, brown people. And Japanese people are currently being really racist towards them. So it could be very cack-handed, but from a good place, trying to preach, well, not preach, but get people to like people from other backgrounds because you're just starting to get uh times where in a in japanese schools you'll have people who aren't standard uh you know japanese not standard but you know what i mean that they aren't traditionally looking japanese Mm, okay maybe i can if they're coming from it from that angle but i just felt it wasn't very well done and i do think it could have stood some rewrites i think they could have got the actual ruby writers so miles luna and the rest to have a look and go you know what maybe no, they're we translating it they're translating it for a different culture and it doesn't help that the dialogue as translated just comes across as really stilted like something that nobody would ever say it just lacked the wit and the charm of how the characters are written. It just didn't feel Maybe like Maybe that's them at because all. you don't speak Japanese. So you won't get the nuance of it. Yeah, but I have watched many, many dubs into English where the characters and everything go comparing them side by side with I just think it was a really badly written script. Mm -hmm. Because say for instance, um I know I always go on about MHA or even Cowboy Bebop because that's generally agreed to be one of the best dubs ever. If you compare the original with that, there aren't that many differences. There might be differences in expression or whatever, but it honestly and looks the like the same in, in thing. Expression, they're kind of like loosely translated. Yeah, but either way, it makes sense. It's, it's The jokes are still funny. If they change the joke, then that's still funny. So... I just feel like there was nothing that they could have done to have saved this. I think it was always going to be a bit of a turkey, no matter what they did with it. Okay, well, if you disagree with Rachel, you know what to do. Tweet yeah, at her. you are completely welcome to tweet at me at tentaclesnot and alright punk and tell me 
how you feel that this was a worthy addition to Ruby and how you think I've completely misinterpreted the whole thing. Yes, please direct all your well actuallys on <laughs> what used to be Twitter. I will not call it I'm X. not calling it X either. I'm not going to X at you. It just sounds like a really rubbish if porn I, like, yeah, it's It sounds like I X at you. It sounds like I'm sort of like going to make my fa- uh, sorry, make my vagina talk at you. <laughs> actually, I think you're fine. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody groping instead, at you in their you face. Know, no, instead of like vagina dentata, it would be v- uh, vagina... Per- what's the word for being pernickety? I don't know. Not like you're correcting pe- <gasps> vagina pedantata. Oh yay! Awesome. Vagina pedantata. I was thinking of like the vagina soliloquies as a follow up to the vagina monologues. I don't know. Oh god. Well, oh, um, before we go, because I just remembered something. One thing that could be considered an improvement is some people believe that the way that Blake and Yang's relationship is shown here, um gives more of a setup and a lead up than the original did because it looks like the only thing that they took from all the bump that they must have been handed was that these two are a couple because they do get some moments where they're fighting together or they're kind of like side by side on yang's motorbike kicking ass swapping looking hot yeah exactly although i'm still convinced everybody in team ruby is gay and it doesn't help that um at one point and vice is saying i keep you in this cage because you're precious to me it's like you are (laughs) so kinky and everything else so kink so it does make it look because i know white rose is a very popular ship in the um fandom what's white rose so that's vice and ruby so everybody basically wants them to be a pair of kick-ass sapphic couples. Well, <laughs> fair enough, if that's what you have to do. Mm, but again, that is the only thing that I can think of that is an improvement. Like it completely misses out um, Jean having a, f- a crush on Vice and Pira having a Nobody's crush on Jean. Nobody's interested in the, in, the stra- in the straight crushes. Though. I mean, Ren Let's and Nora right. are already pretty established as their friends, but they're clearly going to be more in a couple of seasons' time. But is, is Nora a guy or a girl? Nora's a girl, of course. So, okay. so yeah, Ren and Nora. There's no of course about they're, it. They're the straight couple that we like, and they deliberately, later on in the season, have lots of scenes where they're clearly... So you better say lots of sex. <laughs> where they're clearly comparing them with Bumblebee, where it's like, there's no difference between these two whatsoever, which I think is actually quite Very good. Very positive, and actually. Forward thinking of them. Yeah, when you have all these people sort of going, oh, they've got no chemistry, they don't do anything that says they're a couple. Well, they're doing exactly the same things as Nora and Ren, and you're happy to accept them as an yes. item, so. So, when it comes down to the scores on the doors... Scores on the doors, alas, I think I would have to give it an iffy five and a half to a six. Out of? Ten. So this is possibly the lowest that I've scored anything. And I don't know whether it's simply because I was disappointed that I just expect so much better of a Ruby um, show. Where can you watch this in the UK? You can watch it on Crunchyroll and um, other assorted anime streaming services. Excellent. So, Razzle Dazzle, what's up next? Well, next we're going to be talking about the two weirdest premises that I've ever encountered in anime. And they are Seco Boys or Plaster Boys, which is about a boy band made entirely by busts. 
Uh, uh, that's not boobs, like sculptures, statues, sta- statues, statuettes. Of heads. Is that what you call statues them? Statues of heads. Yeah, and merman in my tub, which, as it suggests, is He's a got ma- merman in his tub. Well, bathtub. Yeah, and some of his weird sort of squiddy snaily mates as well <laughs> but yeah we've been going on about there is this a man that needs to go to bed bath and beyond isn't there? <laughs> so we've been talking for nearly 35 minutes so i think it's time for a wrap so love you guys and talk to you soon i thought you're going to do a wrap then no no, no you don't want to hear me rap it's heinous nobody deserves that so love you guys love you bye, bye. thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast don't forget to subscribe and you can also follow us on social media. We are at Tentacles Not on Twitter. And on Facebook, our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.